Hello, my name is Dave Hodges, and you may know me from The Common Sense Show. Yes, that's a website at thecommonsenseshow.com. It's also a radio show that is broadcast primarily on Global Star Radio Network, rebroadcast on Red State Talk Radio and several radio stations and micro stations across the country. We tackle a variety of issues, and I'll get into that a little bit later. We also have a YouTube channel by the same name, The Common Sense Show, And this is our maiden voyage on Podcast One, and we are really happy to be with you. It's such a fine organization. There's so many people here on Podcast One that I admire. Dennis Miller has long entertained me. He's a member of Podcast One, as is Laura Ingram, Ben Shapiro, people who I think have a lot to offer the American public, and we hope we can contribute in our way as well. I wanted to take this opportunity to really introduce myself to you as a person so you know where I'm coming from and what I'm about. First of all, I have absolutely no media training. Well, I'll back up. I've been in the media now for about 12 years, but I didn't go to school to be a journalist. That was thrust upon me. My background, my undergraduate degrees in sociology, minor in history, And my graduate degrees are in various types of psychology and statistics. I also teach research. And I started out professionally as a teacher and a coach of multiple sports, football, basketball, and baseball. I evolved into a college basketball coach, a professor, and life was good. And I never saw myself sitting behind the microphone, although I have to confess I had inside knowledge about the way things really work in government and in the military that most people don't get the privilege and the pleasure to experience. My father had a prominent position in the U.S. Navy. First, he was part of the team that rewired the Combat Information Center on the Carrier Roosevelt to accept the first nuclear weapons, highly classified. He was gone for about 18 months. Our family saw him for three days in that period amazing things he did when he was in the Navy, but nothing compared to what he did when he was early retired with full benefits, and then he promptly went to work at Martin Marietta, today known as Lockheed Martin, in Cold Creek Canyon in the mountains outside Littleton, Colorado, which is a suburb south of Denver, and that's where I grew up. My father worked in what I like to call research R&D for the secret space program. And in the last two years of his life, 1984 and 85, he shared with me a lot of details he didn't feel he could previously share because some were classified and some were things that he didn't think that the public should yet know. Well, I held that information for a long time because he stressed upon me, even upon his death, my mother could have lost her benefits of his pension if I'd revealed classified information. So when my mother passed in 2011, I began to talk about this, slowly but surely, with people like Vance Davis, formerly of the NSA, and Jim Mars, the late Jim Mars, I should say, who is a wonderful author, a wonderful broadcaster. I miss him dearly. But I kept a tight circle on this, and it still did not propel me into the media. So the question is, how did I end up going into the media? Well, I was in the middle of my teaching career, as well as my college basketball coaching career. And my wife and I moved to rural Arizona, north of Phoenix, 
out in the rural desert, pretty isolated. The nearest store at the time was about 16 miles away, as was the nearest gas station. We were happy, no street lights. We had lots of property. We had neighbors who were independent thinking people like ourselves. Most of them were small business owners. I had a long commute, but it was worth it because we got a great price on the house. Then one day I came home and my wife told me, all of our neighbors are being denied permits and we're all being told that we're going to eventually be forced off our property. And I said, well, sometimes eminent domain is a fact of life. Well, there was no eminent domain. It was simply a bullying action designed to get us off our property without any compensation whatsoever. And I thought, well, I guess we can lay down and take our beating, but you know, I'm not close to retirement, but I'm close enough to retirement that I cannot start over. So we dug in and we decided to fight. What we were first told was we were too close to an Air Force base and we were impinging on their flights. Well, that was a load of bull and we knew that from the beginning because we were 30 miles north of the Air Force Base known as Luke Air Force Base. They had to fly over about 300,000 people to get to us to even do their maneuvers. So I don't see how the 300,000 people were any less of a threat much closer to the base than we were. But nonetheless, we didn't make any headway. The Arizona State Legislature, the Maricopa County Commissioners, they all conspired against us until I began to talk to legislators one by one and they began to see my point. And we also had that little permission slip from Luke Air Force Base's commanding officer that told our builder, R.J. Springer, that you can build exactly where you're building and you can build exactly what you want to build. And I'm thinking, well, how can they possibly do this to us? Well, we stopped cooperating with the process and we got public, but not after we went to a meeting in a hotel in Surprise, Arizona. And I made the mistake of when I was called upon to ask what I thought, I cited the Fifth Amendment and how illegal this was. And they said, you're the spokesperson. <laughs> Whoa, I, wait a minute, I don't have time. I got to go out and recruit these high school kids next week to come play for me. But nonetheless, I was basically ramrodded into this position. And so I began to appear in the media, first locally and then nationally. Well, a local radio owner, the late Pete Peterson, KBSC Radio, he said, Dave, I really like the three times you've been on. I think you should have your own radio show. And I said, Pete, I am not a broadcaster. I'm a teacher and I'm a coach and that's the extent of what I do. And he said, well, just give it a try. And besides, it's a good platform for you because you can live stream this on your website. And I thought, oh, okay, I can increase the reach. I got that. Even with my limited experience, I understand that this was a good move. Well, we got picked up by a few other stations. We got picked up by a network. Eventually, I went independent with Global Star, which is a tremendous organization, has broadcast satellites East Coast, West Coast, and in Europe, and our show has really taken off. And I never dreamed that I would be doing this. Also, I should mention at the same time, I began writing for a publication called Freedom's Phoenix with Ernie Hancock, who's still a very close friend of mine to this day. And we began to become the opposition the opposition to tyranny 
the opposition to the takeover of private property for public profit and private profit as well. We later discovered what it was that the other side wanted from us, why they wanted us off our land, and they wanted us gone. And what we discovered was nothing of a coincidence. I was looking at a map one evening, late one evening, when I should have been in bed, thinking, oh, how are we going to overcome this? And I found a map from what was called the Maricopa Association of Government. And it had in it a planned Canamex Corridor Highway, which was the transportation system for the Central American Free Trade Agreement that was co-authored by the late Ted Kennedy and also John McCain, Arizona Senator, who's today in very bad health. We wish him well, but he is no friend of our community, I should say that. But I looked at this map and I said, there's some things here that we can't ignore. And I think this is really what's behind the subjugation of our property rights and trying to force us out of our land. And let me tell you how they were trying to do it. They knew they had time. They didn't have to come out and just force an action which resulted in a court action that they probably would lose. They simply had to chip away at our property rights. For example, if we had storm damage, damage to our roof, which is not uncommon. We just recently experienced that in a monsoon storm here uh, two weeks ago. And what ends up happening to us is that we couldn't get a permit to repair anything. In fact, we couldn't touch anything in our home. We couldn't build a pool. We couldn't build a detached garage. You couldn't put a fence up around a pool, even when it's a safety issue for children. We absolutely could build nothing because their aerial photographs would have revealed it and they would have come and torn down whatever we built and fined us tremendously for every day that it was up. And I'm thinking, this isn't about the Air Force Base. We knew that from the beginning. But there were four areas in our state that were encumbered. And they had their property rights stripped away. Gila Bend, farmers east of Yuma, Arizona, people in South Tucson, and us, 15 miles northwest of the suburbs of Phoenix, Arizona. And we all had the same thing in common. We were near, or somewhat near, a military base, and the Canamex Highway was planned to come through our area, and we were all hit with draconian and illegal property sanctions. It was in that moment that I had the aha experience to say, I get it. I know what this is about. Well, I used my platforms to go into the media and begin to proclaim what this was about. And see, I'd already had some experience with this because at the time, Bob Dacey was a person who was Alex Jones's guest host. And Bob had done some work against the Trans-Texas Corridor, which was the same equivalent to NAFTA as the Canamex was to CAFTA. So I reached out to Bob when I had found him in Internet Publications, and Bob started to guide me on this. And he said, Dave, I think you're going to find there's an ulterior motive in here with this. And boy, was he ever right. And so we knew now who our enemy was and what it was about. And it made sense to us because when we went to the state capitol to fight for our property rights, the John McCain people were there. And boy, they were really threatening and ominous. Oh, they won't like it. He'll be mad if you bring a lawsuit. And I said, so? 
let him be mad and I said let's draw the line in the sand right now I said you've declared war on me and I'm bringing a war to you and we're gonna absolutely follow this senator on his presidential campaign trail and we're gonna tell everybody what it's like to have John McCain as a senator now honestly I wish I could tell you this story when he wasn't in such dire health and near death but this is the genesis of who I was as a broadcaster this fight went on for eight years we had trouble getting lawyers to represent us I would call an attorney and one person in particular knew of me he was a player who had competed against my teams and he said oh coach Hodges yes oh we can do this for a hundred thousand it's a slam dunk sir it's inverse condemnation we will kick their butt well as it turned out this nice young man Damon did not follow through because his partners said we might want to be a judge someday and if McCain is president that could be a problem so this is the kind of thing that happened to us well ultimately Ernie Hancock from Freedom's Phoenix stepped up and said Dave if you do a couple of political things for us we will help you get legal representation and we did and within three months the whole situation was over we were free and clear but I was on my way as a broadcaster and a writer and what I discovered was what's going on in America just like my father had told me almost two decades earlier was a whole lot worse than what we were going through with property rights from my property rights situation I found out about the North American Union I found out about the trade agreements that were just killing our jobs and I was really ahead of the curve on this now where most Americans understand it and President Trump today has reversed a lot of it I felt that I was really ahead of the curve on bringing this message forward and I was told by people Dave even though you've won your property rights battle because I often said I'll be glad when we win because I can stop doing this and go back to my life well I found out I couldn't go back to my life and so what I was stuck with was how do I get the word out to everybody how far do we expand the show and this is the really kind of the um, extension of our efforts by coming into podcast one my purpose here on this show is not sensationalism although some of the things that we will cover will be highly sensational and they'll be somewhat volatile in some cases we never advocate for violence as a solution only in self-defense only when physically attacked we try to find common sense solutions to our problems after exposing the wrongdoings of people who think they don't have to follow the law today we often label these people as the deep state but I've been dealing with these people since before the label the deep state came about and I can tell you that this group is not a group it's several groups I don't even know that there's a central authority behind them but they are omnipresent and they think they're omnipotent they think they're all-powerful they can do anything they want to whoever they want and they're finding out that they're having a hard time doing it and they're finding out too that with regard to censorship these people are having a great deal of difficulty extinguishing the message of freedom of America first and this is one of the themes that you'll hear a lot on the common sense show I'm a firm nationalist now unfortunately the mainstream media likes to come across with the message 
if you believe in America first, you are a racist, you are a nationalist, therefore you're a white supremacist. I'm not sure I ever really followed that line of logic, but please keep in mind, in my prior profession as a college basketball coach, I didn't deal with that many white people. When I grew up as a young kid and I was the recipient, and I look at it now as a blessing, of forced integrated busing to equalize segregation in the schools, most of my friends growing up were black. I maintain some of those friendships today. So to refer to me as a racist is absolutely silly. In fact, those who follow my show will tell you that I take on causes involving people of color many times. And when they're brought to me, I fight them with the same vigor as I do anything else. But that's the mainstream media. They want to marginalize by basically stigmatizing you as a racist. And what we do here on the Common Sense Show is we promote American issues. But I am a firm nationalist who believes strongly in good cooperative international relations, but we don't make a deal that doesn't benefit our manufacturing and our workers and our standard of living first. It is America first. And you're saying, oh, you must be a total Trump supporter. I did vote for Donald Trump, but I'm going to freely profess he does and says a lot of things that I don't agree with, and I have held him accountable on my other forms of media. So I'm not a Trumpster in terms of mindlessly being obedient and following the norm. But I will say this, the allegations against him of being a racist, a sexist, a homophobe, I think are absolutely unfounded. I can find no proof. If I could, I would expose it too. And on this show, we don't believe in the isms. We don't believe that you stigmatize people. You know, I'm a committed heterosexual, as you'll say. I have a family. But I don't condemn people for their preferences, their lifestyle choices. I don't necessarily want people to flaunt things in front of me. I don't care to see it on either side of the equation. But nonetheless, we don't seek to victimize people for their personal choices. I'm much more libertarian than that. But what you'll find on this show is we are going to take on a lot of issues that are going to be pro-America. And unfortunately, we have just completed an eight-year presidency with Barack Obama in which he set America up for failure. Whether that's his intention, we could debate that. But what is not debatable is the fact that this man set America up to fail economically, socially. We're feeling the pains of that now. And he also set us up to fail militarily. He weakened the military like no one's business. What did he fire? Almost 400 command officers who disagreed with him? If he thought they disagreed with him. In, in, in Stalinist Russia, he would have executed all those military leaders. Obama was civilized enough simply to fire him. And I want to give credit where credit's due. Obama is not an uncivilized thug. He was not a Joseph Stalin or an Adolf Hitler. But nonetheless, he was very, very bad for this country. And it's really a shame because the man has charisma. He's highly intelligent. Given his academic background, it speaks volumes. And he has the ability to mesmerize an audience with his message. He could have been a great force for good, for better race relations in this country, but he sought to divide. And his presidency will go down as probably the second worst in American history. And what do I think was the number one worst presidency in America? Well, it was Woodrow Wilson. 
and we'll probably get into that another topic on another day but Barack Obama really hurt our country and George Bush did a fine job himself well we expose these wrongdoings and we put it out there for everyone to see and you will find I think it's probably because of my statistics and research background I'm meticulous when it comes to proving the point I'll go the extra mile when you go read my articles unless I'm simply doing an op-ed but I go the extra mile in terms of putting the hypertext links in that will show you where we find this information I'm not into wild-eyed speculation and rumor and innuendo and false allegations like we see from what we call the left the left today is totally out of control we have government officials and I'm talking senators and congressmen who are not loyal to their oath of office in fact when we look at some of the works that have come out enemies within with Trevor Loudon it's a work I highly recommend because the man documents every word he says he proves what he says and we have 80 congressmen and senators from the left for the Democrats who belong to front groups for the American Communist Party or the Muslim Brotherhood no I'm not against Muslims but I'm against the organization that is the largest terrorist group in the country and when we look at that situation we should actually feel shame that we could elect and keep people like this in power and as we go through the course of our podcast I will be exposing a lot of these people I have done so with ex-CIA other ex-intel people I have spoken with Cynthia McKinney several times Alan West they all tell the same story yeah, it's 80 and this is how we know and so we are being divided within we're being put upon from without China and Russia are not our friend but I do support President Trump and his efforts to reach closer cooperation with Russia I don't want to see a nuclear war China is a nation you can't trust them any farther than you can throw them but one of the things that we have exposed on the common sense show is how China treats its citizens and any country that would put Christians to death for selling the Bible or any country that would extract organs from live prison slave labor inmates is not a nation that you can trust when Mao killed 60 million of his own people to solidify his hold over the country that reign of terror has really never stopped in China and for that reason I have no respect for their regime do I have respect for the Chinese people the ones I know yes but I really look at that country with great suspicion and you're going to hear that theme over and over here on the common sense show well let's step aside for a second I want to tell you who brings this broadcast to you and makes it possible and we will have a number of sponsors as all my podcast one colleagues do but we are brought to you by my Patriot supply it's the best storable food company in the world and oh no I'm not one of those people say oh Dave you're one of those preppers not exactly but when FEMA comes out and tells you we can't help you and preparation is everyone's business it used to be they told us we had to have three days of supplies on hand and then it was two weeks and then after Hurricane Harvey in Houston we found the store shelves were empty in less than a day FEMA came out and said preparation is everyone's daily duty well I'm taking that seriously and this is why I got into the food business my Patriot supply is fantastic and I don't think people necessarily need to collect two years worth of food although preppers will tell you 
if we got hit by an EMP, you're in a war situation, two years may be what you need to get through it. But most of your crises are acute. They're sudden and they don't last a long time. So if you can have a couple of weeks worth of food, that's really the way to go. So what we have done at My Patriot Supply is we have created an offer and it's the best offer that we've ever done. Two weeks, storable food, no glyphosates, no GMOs. It's fantastic quality, restaurant quality to be exact, 25 year shelf life, but we're charging $75 for two weeks of food. You can't eat that cheaply at home. And yet this food is fantastic. And it comes in containers should you ever have to leave in case of a flood, a tornado or something else, it's portable, you can take your food with you. How do you get yours? Well, simply go to your URL and type in preparewithdave.com. Preparewithdave.com. My Patriot Supply. Well, I, I hope you've enjoyed this introductory message because I just thought it was important you knew about my background, some of my belief systems, and where we're going to be going on this show. We'll have a terrific amount of guests. In fact, 90% of our podcast time will be spent with guests who will illuminate us on critical issues of the day. And I have to tell you, there's a lot the mainstream media is not telling you. And should you be surprised? Six people control 95% of the media. That's six corporations. And they all have their political views. And we are all victims, so to speak, of our views. And so when we say the mainstream media is biased and it's consistently biased, that's true. But that's because there's a small amount of people who are controlling it, which I have a problem with. In fact, you may know this or may not. Back in the Clinton administration, there were 150 entities that controlled 95% of the media. And then Clinton started to relax the regulations where it used to be you couldn't own a newspaper if you owned a TV station. You couldn't own a TV station if you owned a radio station. And now we have huge monopolies. And that's led to a centralization of thinking. It's very leftist and oriented. We tend to be centrist, but we tend to fall down on the conservative side. And this is what we try to bring to you is a message that you're not going to get in the mainstream media. In fact, a lot of what we bring you would be censored. And we've experienced a lot of censorship in social media for simple things like telling people if you don't like the way things are, then you need to vote. I actually had a YouTube video censored on that part. I did an analysis of the Kilauea uh, volcano eruption and the threat and the expanding threat that it was going to oppose to the island, which ended up all being true. And YouTube gave me a strike for that particular video. And I'm still scratching my head figuring out why. Now, we got YouTube to take the strike off. But this is the kind of extreme censorship we're seeing on the left. So you're going to hear things here that are not controlled. They're not contrived. Sponsors do not drive content on this show. You notice you never see the mainstream media going after medical incompetence or medical conspiracy. Never. Not one time. Why? Because those are their biggest advertisers. We don't live by that credo. We will sacrifice an advertiser before we sacrifice the truth. And I hope, I hope that you'll join us often because I think you're going to find our guests to be illuminating, interesting, exciting, and sometimes upsetting because they're telling us the way things really are. And we really do appreciate being part of your life, and we hope you make us part of your daily regimen. This is Dave Hodges of The Common Sense Show. This has been our maiden voyage of consisting of introduction of myself to the audience, and we're really glad to be with you. 
Remember, we are brought to you by preparewithdave.com. Simply put that in your URL to get the very best and storable food. And we will see you back here again tomorrow.